Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to All Worth Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. Glad you are joining us as we are talking about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host here, Pat, we're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays helping people plan their future, and uh, we are broadcast on the weekends, being your financial advisor on the air or over your podcast pod, or whatever or listening whatever. device that uh, you choose to uh, engage with us. Yeah, I'm glad you. Uh, it's good to be good to be good, part of it. Yeah, so good to be back. How was your New Year's? Uh, it was um, kind of uneventful. Yeah, same. We had a couple. Actually, we had a couple friends over, which uh, was with their kids and small kind of get together. And I got Didn't to bed you? at two o'clock, which I never get to bed wow, late because I was cleaning up afterwards. And then I, uh, I was a slug on January first, and I'm still. Feeling guilty about that? Actually. Oh, <laughs> is that right? You gotta let yourself do that every I, once in a while. I didn't work out at all that day. Oh. No, not a good way to start the new year for me. Wait, you struggling. work out every day? You do some sort of physical exercise every day? I did last year. I did five hundred and some hours of exercise. You keep track of it? Yeah, I have a little app that I keep track of all that stuff. You really do? <laughs> yes. I don't know why it's not healthy. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> anyway, all right. Here. Enough about Scott. <laughs> we're gonna dig in. <laughs> we, if you like, we're gonna start doing a podcast. But I, I gotta tell you, I also took some time over the break uh, after the first year to t- look at my finances. Oh, you and, did? Yeah, I keep us. I oh, so th- so let's. It, th- by the way, this is a financial talk show. If you'd like to join the the show, it's eight three three ninety nine worth. 833-999-6784. And uh, we take your calls. We talk about uh, money, 401ks, IRAs. And, and and specifically, you share what you did about yeah. your money. So and look, I'll share what I did with my family about money. Uh, over so I, I am not that different than, than the rest of you, right? Maybe my finances are a little bit different. But we, we, most of us... If you're listening, you you take some responsibility for your finances. If you're listening to this program, you probably are a decent saver, a planner with your finances, right? But so I'm 55. Um, my youngest is 11. My oldest is 26. There's four of them. Four of them. Uh, and I like try to figure out what what is it I want my finances to do for me, for my family. I still ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm at a point where I could retire if I wanted to. I don't want to retire. And so it's, it's Isn't that funny? The reason you're probably at a point that you can retire but don't want to is be- that reason you're there is because um, you've enjoyed what you've done and you're driven. And money is important to you. Yes. Well, I am in the money business. Not you, you would hope. You would hope. I mean, you remember years ago we had a lady that worked for us and she said to me, Why is it always about the money for you, Pat? And I thought, I said to her, I mean, if we made widgets, we would, it would all be about the widgets. widgets. Listen, if I was in a toy manufacturer, I'd talk about toys. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, and, and then part of it is like all of us, how much money do I want at risk? How much money do I want in some sort of safety? How much do I want to have as kind of dry powders in case there's some, I've so what, a couple so of businesses at, over the years, like is it at risk means what? in the markets where they're going to be greatly volatile greatly volatile probably not going to go to zero intellectually and the funny thing is intellectually i know some things i should be doing and emotionally i'm not always doing them like i should be doing all right and there are times i ask myself i almost be should i i myself hire a financial advisor just to have um but you but you you know you couldn't because yes i understand that <laughs> yes <laughs> okay so then so at risk and then the other thing is what you're saying is not at risk income producing and the third thing was dry powder yes right and you've owned businesses that have gone through prolonged periods of time That's without correct. any income that is correct right yeah and at some point in time we'll have another bear market and yes and uh so what decisions did you make? Did you just go through and did you make any changes based upon this review? I made no changes on this. Actually, I take that back. I have a, um, 
opening even wider here. So I bought a variable universal life insurance policy in 2004 or five, something like that. After, after you had maximized uh, everything else, and I, I had ample savings. I put in as much as the, the con- I put in sixty some thousand for a seven seven hundred fifty thousand dollar death benefit, which is what you did is you turned it into a, a, almost a modified endowment contract, but not quite. So it's still the life insurance okay. for you. Yep. And it was it was a it was a certain product that was super low fee because I uh, was in the business. Okay. So, was like, <laughs> so what did you do with that? Uh, and it, so it, 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 I sat back and I thought it, the interesting of compound interest, right? Just yeah. let things grow. So I put in sixty some thousand. It's worth four hundred and eighty thousand or so today. What'd you do? Years. I haven't done anything, but I said I need someone in my. I need. I need someone on our investment committee to look at the uh, underlying investments and get these things uh, allocated properly because I have no idea how they're allocated. Got it. So that was my take. That was the one takeaway I had. I need to get this properly. Out allocated. of all the, the things, um, by the way. I bought the same product years ago. I quit making deposits into it, um, and I have had someone in my investment committee actually go through the portfolio and do that. When you do yours, I assume it's going to be 100% equity. Will you kick it's always been them? 100% equity. Yeah, kick the numbers over to me so that I can actually make the same okay. changes. Thank you. <laughs> we do this on the air. And then and then it's it's still, um, yeah, it's, a, it's those basic things. So we... So, uh, and I know the more I have a plan for things, the less I worry about anything there. My wife is an accountant, makes it a lot easier being an investment advisor, married to an accountant. So, uh, that stuff kind of runs as clockwork. We're pretty good at, uh, reviewing our situation on a quarterly basis, but this year, uh, we, we, we decided, uh, in November that when all four of the kids come home, um, one lives in Sacramento, the rest live elsewhere that we were going to review our financial situation with them, let them know where the money is, what it is, how it was going to be distributed at our dad. Really? Yeah. How'd um, that go? It went really, really well. It went phenomenally well. Now, so, I know you've got four kids, yeah. uh, and they, they range on motivation scales. <laughs> uh, they're all pretty motivated. Okay. <laughs> they're all pretty motivated in their own way. Fair. In, in their own way, right? But you have one that motivated to retire young. Uh, he, or as he's growing he, up a little changing. Yeah, it's okay. changed. It's changed. Uh, <laughs> used to be worried about but, that. But three of them had degrees in business, and one of them uh, has her master's in education and has read a bunch of books on investing only because she felt – by the way, it's funny. The, the three that have the degrees in business and then they manage their own portfolios, they have performed worse than my daughter who just bought the total <laughs> market. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> Say that again, because this is brilliant. <laughs> right? So the, the the ones that actually mess with the portfolio constantly versus the, the three one, boys all in business. That, yeah, they have d- degrees in business, so you think they have a background in this, uh-huh. and they're investors, and they buy some crypto every once in a while, and the meme stocks, and blah, blah, blah. Where my daughter, I'm like, here's a basic portfolio, just follow this. And she has outperformed... <laughs> All her brothers. Now, for a period of time, when she first started investing, she didn't. And she was complaining to me. She said, you know, Dad, you gave me this portfolio and it isn't doing as well as theirs. And because they compare, we encourage that open. Anyway, so we sat down with the kids and said, look, when your mom and I pass away, this is where the money's going. Here's the trustee. Um, Mr. Hansen right now is the trustee, but we're thinking of naming all four of you as trustees, um, which is probably a bad idea. But remember, a trustee doesn't really have that much control. They just have responsibilities to distribute the money. And so we asked them, do one of you care? Other, they said, just name four of us and we'll, you know, and that's, I'm only 59 years of age. My wife's 58 or 59. I don't know. Um, I should know. Um, Yes, the the statistical chances of you both dying in the next years. Yeah, almost non-existent. Correct, correct. But it was a good. It was a good conversation. Um, it was, um, and we talked about it for about an hour. So, oh. but we do the. I do the. I go through the portfolio once a quarter. I'm pretty actually. My wife and I will do that together. Did I tell you about my daughter buying stocks? No. Did I think we talk about it on the show. No. I'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. But I'll get to this. Story. I guess it's, it's it was comic. Because we got to take these calls. All right. So uh, if you'd like to join the show, finance-related, IRAs, 401ks, life insurance, taxes, the whole bit, 833-99-WORTH to join the show.
And let's start. We're talking with Stacy. Stacy, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? We're great. How are you doing, Stacy? Doing well. Um, so I'm just calling in because my um, parents recently passed away in their house. We're in the process of selling it, and so I'm going to be getting, you know, the fun, their house was paid off, so I'm going to be getting a little a small chunk of change about. I'm I'm estimating after a, a few things, maybe three fifty to four hundred, okay, in hand. And um, my question is just like about whether I should pay off her mortgage or invest it or some of both or what I should do with that. Are you married? Yes. Um, How old are you, Stacy? Fifty-one. Okay. And what do you owe on your mortgage? About, it's like right between 130 and 140. Okay. And what's the interest rate? 2.875. And tell us about the rest of your financial situation. So my husband, most of our money is invested in my husband's 401k and um, a little bit IRA, but um, about a million dollars. And that's um, 65.35, you know, equity to bonds, mm-hmm. cash. And then um, I have like 80000 in an IRA, and that's eighty twenty. And then we both have really small amounts of Roth, unfortunately. And, um, and then we have like a little bit of 529 for my son, about 40000 He's 16. And then um, between us, we currently make about 230 but I'm looking to reduce my salary some by about 30000 And why, why don't why, why, you're going to be working less? I either that or I, I mean, I've, we have 300 and some employees. No one's ever come and said, hey, I'd like to reduce my salary 30%. I'm trying to figure out how, to, uh, <laughs> how do we translate this <laughs> to our benefit? Pietro, yeah. in the in the control booth, what do you think? I, he doesn't like the idea. Well, so. I'm, yeah, I'm, just, I'm actually interested in another uh, job. I was oh. curious about changing jobs, and that's a lower – but there's other benefits to it that I'm hoping would, you know, outweigh the salary. And if not, I may just considering that I'm getting a little bit of money, it's kind of a good chance to reevaluate okay. like my priorities. And why, why, yeah, agreed. Uh, and why uh, do you not put money in your 401k and most of it is going to your oh, husband? I, I just started, I didn't have a 401k okay. available to me until recently. So I have been, and I do about, I don't know, it's like 15000 a year, okay. this, but I haven't even done a full year yet. So here, let me, I, so I have a view of you that, uh, it, it, which is very, very positive. The, the fact that we didn't even ask what the allocation in the 401k and the IRAs are, and you rattled them off, um, you know, 65, 35, 80, 20, uh, that you, you have a very, very good grasp of this. So- I wouldn't mind seeing you pay that mortgage off. And what you would say is, well, you know, why would I do that uh, if it, the interest rate is so low? And the reason is because you've got positions in your portfolio, especially in your IRA, the 35% bonds that are yielding less than the 2.875. So mm-hmm. you can increase the equity exposure and the rest of it and pay down that, or you can increase your savings. Now, that's one of the reasons that I could make the argument. The thing that you need to be aware I'm of. I'm going to follow up with that as, as well. Like, I'll, I'll, I mean, if you're if you're thinking about making a career change, something that you want to do, and it's going to bring in less money, if getting rid of that mortgage, I mean, it's. But let's talk about separate property. Standpoint. You want to talk touch on separate property? Yeah, I mean, Scott? once you commingle these, <clears throat> once you take these dollars and put them against the house, it's community property. So right now. Anything that is gifted to you or inherited is considered uh, separate property, separate from the marriage. Right. Well, one thing, and I don't know if this has anything to do with what you're saying, but it was in a uh, well. I guess technically it probably still does, but I it was in an irrevocable trust, and I was a trustee. It doesn't matter. Okay. It, because it okay. wasn't your husband wasn't named as a beneficiary of the trust. No. Only you. No. So it was yeah, only if I don't pretend. And is it is the are the dollars going to remain in this irrevocable trust, or are they being distributed to you I, to do as you choose? Yeah, I think I will just yeah probably That's not smart. leave them in the trust. That's smart. That's smart. Just because it's a pain in the butt. So yeah, the, and oh, not for everybody. I mean, there are times Pat, um, and so Pat's talking about. I mean, he's talking about if you've got a problem in the marriage, it might not be lasting. Maybe you've got other things going on that we don't really know about. Sometimes it makes sense to keep assets separate so that's why pat you always like to bring it up just, always like to bring yeah, it up yeah because we've seen we look we've had people in the office that have had really bad situations in 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 marital the marriage and 
Um, yeah, and I've actually, you know, I've counseled people where there's like two hundred thousand dollars, their net worth was you know two and a half million, and I'm like, just push and it. And we've in. also seen clients pass away, you, right? Yep. We've seen this. Money goes to the child. The child, there's, and sometimes it's some deadbeat guy that has taken advantage of a woman. I mean, that's what we see. We've yeah. seen all that stuff. All the, uh, so just know that I like the idea of paying the mortgage off. Recognize that you're taking separate property and you're commingling it to make community property. You do with with right. that information what and, you want. And if the argument is, well, the rates are so good, then I would say, then why not have a larger mortgage? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I like the idea. I agree with Scott. If you're going through a life change and your income's going to go down by $30,000, what a perfect time to get rid of the mortgage. Okay. We're okay. both, look, I don't have a mortgage. Pat doesn't have a mortgage. We're both fans of not having a mortgage. Yeah. And I, I mean, they're great when you're younger, in your money. 20s and 30s and 40s, but as you start getting closer to retirement. Right. Okay. And so then with the balance of the funds, should I just invest it like in an unqualified account and just same kind of allocation or you, you know one or, of the things that i would actually look at doing is is uh, and you might need to involve outside counsel on this is to mm -hmm. see if you should be making non-deductible ira contributions and then converting them to roth iras for both you and your husband but okay. what happens is it depends on what you have in ivers already and because they convert to the Roth at a pro rata basis. So it may require you to actually move the IRAs back into company 401ks and then do it. And then as far as the investing the other dollars, it's, it really comes down to when you're going to use those dollars. What are they going to be used for? When are you going to need them? And how much tolerance do you have for the ups and downs in the market? So this might be an opportunity to put some more money in the 529 plan. Might not, depending on... How old is the child? 16. 16. Because um, there's great tax benefits with the 529 plan. Your time horizon's not very long, right? So you wouldn't want to be terribly no. aggressive there. Yeah. Um, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put any money in the 529 at this point in time. We're two years away before we start using it. I, you're not going to have it invested aggressively anyway. Yeah, correct. I kind of, actually, I, I take that. And that way, that. the 529, you would actually, if you thought you are going to need the money, rather than put it in the 529, then actually run down your cash first. First of all, have your son or daughter get as many student loans as they possibly can in financial aid because the way this environment looks is <laughs> no one's going to have to pay anything back. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, you know they'll find a way around it so we won't the income will be too high or yeah. something and well, we'll just have a ton well, of debt. Anyway, so so those are the the things that I would look at with the excesses to see if you can make a non-deductible IRA contribution and then convert to Roth, but be but careful the, there. But the, the, the bulk you, you really want to invest it tax efficiently. And so you've got some stocks. I mean, you might choose to have a good chunk of this just in some stock index funds that can tend to be um, mm -hmm. quite efficient. Either ETFs or mutual funds doesn't really matter. But um, And then you, you, the, the dollars that aren't allocated to stocks are really money that you're probably going to plan on spending on something in the next number of years. But but we certainly like the concept of, of, getting, the, um, of getting that mortgage paid off as you, you – Gives you even greater flexibility as you're looking at a different uh, career path, one that um, something you want to do, which I think is great. I mean, yeah, I mean, we cancel enough people. We have enough clients who in their 50s, they hate their job. They're like, I just got to do this for seven more years and then I can get a pen. Just seven more years and I'm done. Which is what a terrible way to look at life. I mean. I feel bad for the. It was like maybe work and for sometimes, less. Sometimes you sometimes they're stuck because there's pension. Oh, listen, means, I've I've encouraged people. Look, I talked to a school teacher. You want to do something different? I said he, he had me run the numbers. It was eight hundred thousand dollars. You're like cost him. Just go to work and put up with <laughs> eight hundred grand. Like, yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, that that actually is a motivation. I had one person. <laughs> I'm like they hated their job so much. I go just look. This is what it costs you if you leave. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars. You've got three years to vest. Just go to work and hide every day. All right. Uh, appreciate the call, Stitch. Let's uh, talk with Nat. Nat, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello. Hi, Nat. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, glad you joined um, us. Yeah. So I have a question about my retirement investments and taxes. Uh, I'm in investing in a traditional IRA for several years. And um, just this year, I started investing in a Roth IRA. Um, and I'm self-employed. Uh, and you have employees? I'm just looking into the, 
I do not have employees. And how much did you make last year? Last year, I made around 40000 Okay. Um, so I'm, what I'm looking into is uh, investing in a SEP IRA. And I wanted to know if that changes the amount that I can contribute uh, the maximum in my traditional and Roth IRAs. How much did you put in last year? I put in six thousand. Okay, uh, and how much? But you... it was it was divided between the two because I I only started the Roth halfway through the year. How much money do you want to put away? Um, maybe ten. Okay. So on a and the SEP works great. Is it or you Unicay? Either one. What was the last one you said? It's like a, a solo K Unicay. It's a four hundred one k plan for self employed. And, and the benefit. I just is, wonder oh, right, right. what what, what if a tell, SEP would be easier at this. Um, well, I think that the the with the the solo K that it, it, yeah. it's just as easy to administer, but it actually doesn't won't require him to change it. It's got higher limits on it, Scott, than the SEP does. Correct. So that if his income goes to sixty, oh, yeah. seventy thousand dollars a year, you don't have to actually change the yes. platform. When do you um? Yeah, what, what do you think your income is going to be in a couple of years from now? It does fluctuate year to year a lot. Um, it easy could be seventy. Uh, it could it could go up to like maybe a hundred and twenty, and it could go down to as low as thirty. So what what we're talking about. Um, Right, is the difference between an IRA, Roth IRA, SEP IRA, and a UNIK, which is a self employed 401k. And we're trying to pick a platform that will give you the most flexibility without having to make changes. It doesn't make any difference what the investment is. We're just talking about the tax vehicle to get you there. I would highly encourage the Roth because right now you are in a low tax bracket, but you use a UNIK in the Roth. Uh, Yeah, so would Roth UNIK this year for 2022. Correct. And for 2023, I'm sorry, 2021, I'd use the Roth. So the 2021, um, you you actually haven't, <clears throat> you haven't until the time you file your tax return this year, which could be pushed Uh-oh. off to October 15th, to make a SEP IRA contribution. That's right. For 2021. Okay. But if you, you might want to do, but if, if you have, if you can have the cash to swing it. But then for 2022, I would switch over to using Solo K. But you've got until the time you you have to you have to open one by the end of the year. But you have until the time you file your taxes to fund that. that. That's right. So what what that means is gotcha. you can't fund even though the Solo K might have been the best thing for you. It wasn't established in the year 2021, so you can't use that for 2021. You have to use the SEP. Okay. Yeah, you didn't establish one. You did not establish right. one. But you should open the SEP. And then open the Unike at the same time, right? And then I make- did. I went ahead and opened a SEP already in 2021. Okay. Well, then, yeah, you could, yeah, put the money in for 2021, but going forward, use the Unike. I don't know. Maybe just stick with the SEP, a Roth until SEP. Until we will need Yes. To- just use the Roth SEP until you're like, how can I save more money than do something different? Yeah, I'm going to go with you there. You can it's always roll, easier. you can roll yeah, a you can SEP roll it into in. an IRA and make it all simple. But the Roth, here's the okay. reason why the Roth is powerful. So when you look at your taxes, first of all, we've got roughly $10,000 um, itemized a standard deduction as a single. Are you single or are you married? Single. Okay. Um, after that, the next 10000 uh, or so is taxed at 10%. Then it goes to 12%. You don't bump from 12% to 22%. That cliff doesn't happen until your taxable income is 41000 which really means your gross income uh, net of business expenses is about fifty one, fifty two thousand dollars. So, so that's uh, why you want to use the Roth. Yeah, because you're in such a low tax. In price. fact, you have money in regular IRAs. Uh, I do. Yeah. How much I mean, you have in regular? How much? Uh, like fifteen thousand. You might want to convert that. Yeah, you might want to convert that. Okay. If, you, if you've got the money to pay the taxes on it. If- gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, and then the the thing that I'm uncertain about is my SEP IRA. I think it's a traditional. I don't know how to. I, I use um, a robo investor. Uh, well, just tell just tell me you need to. You wanted a Roth one. Yeah, and they'll do it. Okay, easy. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, you can't really tell the machine what to do. The bot, but you should. You get this little friendly thing that pops up. You say, "What would you like to do?" And then you say, "They wait. Please wait." And then someone. So anyway, you want to use the tell the 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 machine that you want to use the Roth. Yeah, and good for you being a saver in that. Holy smokes! What do you? Out of curiosity, what do you do for a living? Are you a contractor of some sort? Um, I run after school programs and summer camps and I develop curriculum, um, and train other teachers. God bless you. God bless you. (laughs) Thank you. God bless you. And you have a degree in education? I do not. I actually dropped out of high school. (laughs) Hopefully that's not the path you're teaching these kids, but we got to take a break. We got to, we got to take a break, Nat. (laughs) Thank you for where you're spending your time. Uh, greatly appreciate it. This is all worth money matters. We'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Yeah, McLean, thanks for sticking with us. We hope. Yeah, if you'd like to well, join. It's hard to know. You know you, you, people listen to the podcast. They, they Maybe they set it for automatic download. We don't know how many people actually listen. Or... Well, we do listen. know we, we do know someone's listening because people do call the show. We do know that. And they, yeah, we get, and we can we can judge people review us, which we appreciate it. If you uh, take a moment to review us on the if you're listening on a podcast platform, yes, yes, and I I do read the reviews. So um, just sometimes re- they're hard to like. I, I was trying to review somebody on Spotify and I couldn't figure it out. No. I gave up. But I I go through and read the reviews. So remember, I have a very, very, very sensitive ego. So when you're leaving the reviews, <laughs> yeah, you do have a bit of a sensitive ego. I do. You have, I know you have this veneer like you're a tough guy. I don't have it. I do. <laughs> I, I really do. I've, I always say Pat's got the biggest heart. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm I just a, can't tell you how many times I've seen you crying. Over oh, years. bleeding heart. I really, I just feel for people. Um, anyway, if you'd like to join the show, 833-99-WORTH. Um, yeah. And you can call and schedule a time we, we record our calls at various times and so you know what i do eight three three nine nine you know what the, the, what the, i think that this hardest thing on the pandemic for me personally isn't been for me personally it's been watching uh school age children uh struggle through this right not college yeah. not so much college but i that the college is that they're back remote again these yeah universities yeah, a lot of them a lot of them um so but but Elementary school, middle school, and high school, how hard it has been on them. And it, it kind of just breaks your heart a little bit. It's uh, and, and quite frankly, when they say that – when they say, when I've read in the media many things that people – many students have missed a year, um, it's probably not the students – uh, the children of the people that listen to this podcast that have missed a year. No. It is, if you want to talk about... I mean, you saw this last week, Chicago teachers all yeah. walked out, like 70-some percent voted to, to go remote. Yeah. So your daughter teaches school at a, at, um, a lower-income oh, area. Oh, absolutely. And remote was a dis- absolute disaster, right? Uh, awful. Awful, 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 awful. So you saw firsthand. Uh, y- yes. I would actually sit in her, uh, <laughs> in her room, and I could watch the screen um, from the side, and the kids couldn't see me. Um and she's back in the classroom, yeah. and she's just hoping that they don't go oh, remote. Gosh. But anyway, yeah. Which, by the way, well, I don't before we go on that, because I have many do, opinions. But, but and Scott, I know. But, but, but look, so before we go to these, before we go to the the calls, though, I read this article, and I actually thought, wow, this is really interesting. It comes out of Germany, um, where this is on from London, was where it was printed, CNN Business. Walking from your bed to home, office now counts as a commute is commuting in Germany. So this gentleman slipped down the stairs and broke his back while walking from his bed to the home office and he filed a claim for his employer's insurance and the court <laughs> ruled in his favor that he was commuting from his bedroom to his home office and fell down these stairs. And I thought to myself, wow, the separation between work and personal life. Now you're like, well, this is Germany. Well, look, it's insured as an activity in the interest of his employer as a commute to work. So maybe it doesn't happen here, but maybe it does happen where you're in your home office, 
You well, slip and clearly, fall. There are some attorneys that would take this case. Oh yes. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's a hilarious story. Yes. Oh Lord help us. We're gonna wait for these. Uh, wait until you start the seeing one. the ads for like. Were you? <laughs> were you hurt at home working? <laughs> Slipped in the shower. Did, oh no! It's because I had to get on an early Zoom call. I, was, I had the They Zoom. made me turn the camera on. If I didn't have the camera on, I wouldn't have needed a shower. And instead, I got in the shower early. I was tired and I slipped and fell. I had the Zoom camera in the shower. <laughs> I was doing this. You're not Zoom. supposed to do that. <laughs> anyway, okay. Let's go back to some calls here as we're getting way off topic. I thought that was funny, though. Like, where's the line? There's no line. No lines anymore. Just do whatever you want. No lines. <laughs> some, you just can't make up some of the, some of the stuff. That, some of the news you're reading, like you, you couldn't make this stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what is your legal specialty? <laughs> so what happens? It's workplace injuries. <laughs> that happen at I home. specialize in the house. <laughs> That is hilarious. That's your specialty. <laughs> Workplace injuries. They happen at home. I could, I've got, I actually had carpal tunnel syndrome. Did you? Or tendonitis or call it whatever you want. All I know. From typing? When we went to uh, Zoom, I was on Zoom so much and I, I didn't, ha I didn't have the right kind of chair oh. or whatever. The next thing you know, my all my forearms and wrists were, I had... I was seeing a physical therapist, the doctor, acupuncturist. I was trying to. All right. Remember, at the beginning of the show, Scott. And so I'd like Scott, to get a number of that attorney. Listen, just remember at the beginning of the show, Scott mentioned that he exercised 500 hours last year, <laughs> and he's still falling apart. <laughs> I, I know. I got to exercise my wrists more. <laughs> Which is why I don't exercise. Oh, I don't want to use it all up. <laughs> use it all up. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. Uh, you don't exercise your brain that much either sometimes. But anyway, let's talk with Marcy. Uh, Marcy, uh, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi, Pat and Scott. Hi, Marcy. Thank you for taking my call. Good. Thank you. My husband does work from home, so if he slips walking to his desk, I'm going to tell him it's a workplace Yes. Injury. You can put him a little push <laughs> sometime, maybe. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, Framing the banana peel on the kitchen floor. All right. What can we do for you, Marcy? Um, I'd like to ask about asset allocation and diversification. So the situation is I'm 58 and I'm retired. My husband is 63 and he's still working, but he's thinking about possibly retiring in two years when he's 65. So we need a portfolio that we can draw from for our cost of living in two years and one that keeps working for us for maybe 40 years or yep. more mm -hmm. because That's we exactly have longevity right. in our family. So our investment history is that we both started investing with our first job, just putting, maxing out our 401k, putting out money, putting money into large cap index funds. But the thing is, we didn't bother to change how we invested while we were working because we were busy working. Yep. So we ended up investing like 20 year olds into oh. our 50s. And you've done well. And you've been well served by that. Yes, yes. We were lucky. We were lucky. Well, when no, I, I, don't, I don't. You knew that you knew yeah, there were risks there. You were just willing to take them. We, yeah, that's it. We, we, we knew we were doing the right thing. Yeah. And it ended up, we were lucky we did the right thing. So when I retired five years ago, um, our portfolio was 90% in stocks. And like you said, you know, the, the stock market did well in the past three decades. So we were fine. Well, our finances are actually quite healthy. Um, but when I retired, I did think this is kind of crazy. We should probably do something to fix this and be more balanced for our life stage. And we talked to a couple of financial advisors, and they said, yep, you shouldn't be owning, holding 90% stocks at your age, and you need to rebalance to deal risk. And one obvious option is fixed income, you know, as opposed to stocks. Um, but, you know, they, they told us that we kind of felt the same, that we didn't need to do anything too fancy or crazy because we're actually fine. We just shouldn't do anything too stupid. So we went about rebalancing and we did one round, which is a little bit small. We just basically cleaned up all the stray stuff lying around um, and made our accounts cleaner, sold the individual stocks that are languishing, just being looked at. Um, and we brought our portfolio down to maybe 86 
85%. And what stock. year was that? That Five years was, um, may, no, we took a while for us to get moving. So maybe that was like four or three years ago. Okay. All right. We did that. So we're now in our second round, and um, that's, it's a heftier round. My husband lived and worked overseas in Australia for 10 years, so he has assets there. So for the second round, we sold all his after-tax assets overseas, and we brought it over to the U.S. account, and we pay hefty taxes. That was very punishing, but it's done now. So now we have a chunk of money. Oh, and on top of that, we also sold um, a, a chunk of my equities in one of my qualified accounts. That's a smaller chunk. And I, I, we, I only sold. I did not withdraw. It stayed into the, it mm-hmm. stayed in the qualified account. So it ended up, we ended up liquidating like 25% of our portfolio. Um, and our portfolio went from being very aggressive. So what is it now? It is now, we, uh, so, so it continues a little bit. We started buying. So currently at this point, yeah. we are 63% in stock, okay. 15% in bonds, 5% in specialty, which is mostly rich um, funds. We're yeah. not doing individual stocks or bonds anymore. Okay. And we have 19% in cash. All right. We and have this, big chunk in cash. So let me ask this question. Do you get a monthly pension? I don't. You no. do not. Will your husband receive a monthly pension? No. And how we're much? We're living on our portfolio. Okay. And how much is in the portfolio? Right now, um, the portfolio, not including our house, and we don't have any debt. Yeah. So not including, not including our house is eight million. Okay. And what what what's the income that you're living on now? How right much? now, because of the pandemic, uh, we're living on very little. We're living on like 50000 a year. Pre, pre-pandemic, what were you living on? We were living under 100000 Okay. So we budgeted 100000 So here's So here's where uh, Scott, Scott's going to probably say exactly the same thing. So I'm going to disagree with your advisor. I, I am too. And the reason is they, they started with the premise of, of risk and, and not need. And, mm. and and you've got the risk things covered. I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about risk with you. And so, I mean, your allocation should be based upon two main principles. Okay. It was a ding, ding. Somewhere I don't right? know. Two main principles. One is uh, how long it is before you need your dollars, right? Time horizon. So you don't want to have anything in stocks if you're going to be spending in two years. The second is, how comfortable are you with the ups and downs of your portfolio? And the larger your portfolio, when you've got $8 million bucks, if a 20% decline, that's $1.6 million. That's a pretty hefty swing. But if you can stomach that, we, we're pretty confident over history. I mean, when I started in this business in 1990, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was at 2,600. It's at 36,000 or whatever today, right? And that's that's mm-hmm. over a 30-year period of time. You just told us you've got another 40 years. Yeah, and so what you've got is $8 million. Let's just say 25. You said some REITs mixed in there, the whole bit. But let's just say 25% is in fixed income or close to fixed income, which is what cash. you would draw off of or cash in a down market. You have $2 million dollars. So what you have there is you, and you're living on hundred grand a year. And we didn't actually even include social security in the mix, right? Because you're going right. to both be eligible for social security. Let's forget social security. You're going to take out about 130, $140,000 a year. You've got 15 years worth of income set aside in your fixed income. Yeah. And the yeah. question is, is that too much? And I would make the argument is, yeah, probably be based upon so- your experience, your experience. Uh, yes. And what you want, right? What so I've had, I'm a, I've had clients, I've been doing this a long enough time, I've had clients with ample assets. I remember one, he says, look, Scott, I've got more than enough money than I need to spend. Why should I take any risk? I don't like dealing with this. Why? You, he says, you give me a good argument why I should take any risk. And I couldn't. I'm like, if that's what you want, if you're comfortable with that, 
And so he was a very conservative investor. I've had others on the complete other end of the spectrum, like Scott, there's not a chance I can spend all this money in my lifetime. Even if my portfolio fell by a third, I don't care because I got plenty of time. Wait for it to come back. I have a client. Both are right. I, I have a client that we have separated his accounts for no other reason than the money he knows the kids are going to inherit are invested aggressively and he never or she never looks at the statements. Because yeah. they so, know intellectually okay. that it's the right thing to do for their kids. Emotionally, they want to separate themselves from it. So this okay. sixty-five so thirty-five go, thing, I do, I'm going to disagree completely with your advisors. So, so we actually also think that way. Okay. But we think we're not, our plan is not to sit on this um, this fifteen years of cost of living in cash. So we are buying. We started buying. So the, really, the quest of my question is. When we started buying, we selected a set of tickers, and three of those tickers are in the bond funds. They well, that's not buying. That's not, not buying. You're not buying. You're moving from you're moving one fixed income to another fixed income. Fixed in from the yeah, you didn't, you took things yeah, okay. something that was at not at risk and you put it at a little less not at risk. You're not buying. Right. Here's what you have. And a, I you, don't like it. You have a problem. Like, oh, well, like then the you've money. got to get different advisors. You got a problem. One is you have a spending problem. Which is you're not spending enough, right? Yeah, they thought of that. And look, the only one that's going to fix that is you. But with the help of a good advisor, you can fix that. I've fixed it multiple times uh, by just changing and, slight and, life changes in people. And mind. I also I'm curious about a, a ticking time bomb, and that is required minimum distribution, which you should concern be concerned about greatly. So this year we started um, converting to Roth account. So we converted like 130000 this first year to What Roth. state do you live in? Um, California. Wow. Do you plan on living in California forever? Yeah. Okay. Right. We have no other plans to move well, on. So I, here's what, I mean, I, it seems to me that you um, either either you, you, you don't have the right advisor because when you're working, it's quite a bit of money you've got. Yeah. Um, ideally, you've got a relationship with an advisor that you're on the same page you got total confidence in the advisor. He or she's doing what you would like them to do, um, and you're not having to second guess these things and do but your you're own right buying and, and But stuff. you're right. Your advisor's wrong. That's the reality. Well, the the look when you get to the point when you have enough capital to either take risk or not take risk, then it comes down to what you want. That's a luxury you've got you've got yourself into, right? I mean, you're. You've hit that point where you've got that flexibility. So then it comes down to how, all right, how much money do you actually need to maintain the, your standard of living, which is m much much smaller than $8 million. And then you can say, well, what the heck? Let's, what are we going to with these? Eight? Let's either at risk or not at risk. So appreciate the call, Marcy. Either one are um, correct answers. 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of our program. We're talking with Mark. Mark, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Pat and Scott. Hi, Mark. Hey, good to listen to all these interesting conversations. Wow. I do not have $8 million. <laughs> okay. Well, most <laughs> most Americans don't. I, um, you have $8 million of something, but it, not in the U.S. currency. <laughs> and I tripped over the dog coming to the table to talk to you. Pat, so all right. Well, file a claim. <laughs> file a claim for that. Yeah. Um, I just turned 62 last year. I was reading and thinking and looking, I really thought I was going to be able to start drawing right away in November. Um, my accountant says, man, you make too much um, with the business that we own. Uh, thankfully, the business is um, kind of running um, by itself. We don't have to put too much into it anymore. A little tweaking here and there, and it's... Um, given us over 100k a year got so. it and your accountant's right uh, does your wife work in the business or your uh, your significant well, other work d d do you file our a sole source of, yes we both do and um we um we kind of she goes and does her thing with uh horses and such and i go do my thing with um vacationing so so but um, but but she works in the business and you do not we both do Oh, and yeah. who we gets paid did. from the business? Well, they both work in the business. Uh, he was using myself mostly as the main um, 
beneficiary, I guess, or okay. the most money. Uh, I've been self-employed since '06. After I retired from the military, the military was but, my but but but, but you, years. you you said that your wife does most of the work in the business, not you, but you take most of the income. Um, Why don't you switch that? I would say we're probably sixty forty on that. I do All right. Well, there. then yeah. go, go back yeah. to the accountant and see whether your wife should be allocated more of the income from the business if you want to tar- start taking Social Security at sixty two. Because it only goes against your individual. Yeah, but it's a real small income amount you can make before you start losing benefits. That's right. It's not worth the hassle. And why do you want to start Social Security at 62? Oh, I figured because it's not going to be there after a while. But I I think it still will be. Um, I think full retirement age then when I'm 65, then I don't have to well, worry about income. Is that it, correct? No, 66. It's 66 and probably a couple yeah. months for you. That's correct, though. That's then correct. Okay. Under current legislation. That's correct. But and what then, you can do is, if you start working less in the business, go back to the accountant and say, you know, I'm working less in the business to allocate more towards my wife uh, and less towards me, and maybe that would qualify you for that. But that's a question you want to have for your accountant. Yes. And, well, since she is um, less of the income of the business, I mean, it doesn't matter. It goes in the same pot. She spends what she wants. That's I right. do what I want. That's right. That's right. Um, it's community property. It's Although just, it could yes. be, I mean, depending on what your social, what you've contributed to Social Security, it might make more sense to have her a higher portion. If, in other words, it's been a real small amount over the years. I know, but he's military, so he hasn't really participated oh. at all. So he retired yeah, from the military. I, I so you want? So you have been listening. Anymore. So assuming your your spouse wasn't in the military, correct? Correct. She was. Um, so you might. So I can argue both sides of this, which is you may want to pump up even more into your income and less into hers, depending upon what her Social Security background has been to make your yeah, okay. benefit higher. So the only way to get there is so to actually do the, the analysis. So I can make an argument for how you could apply for Social Security Day and get it if your accountant approves, which is you earning less. But at the same time, we will counter that argument with, since you don't have as big of a Social Security history as your wife, these are presumptions I'm making, that maybe you should put even more money into Social Security. And the only way to actually figure that out is not over the radio, it's to actually crunch the numbers. Mr. Hanson, do you have anything to add there? No, just the way Social Security is, like for someone who makes $10,000 a year, that's all they make, Social Security is going to mm-hmm. replace like 85% of their income. Someone who's making 100 grand a year, paying 10 times as much in taxes, Social Security is going to replace, what, 38% of their income or something like Not that. Not as much. So you want to do the numbers, but don't worry Not about taking much. the Social Security now. Push it off for a couple of years. All righty? That's what I was thinking. And then maybe she can take it at 62 since she doesn't earn as much from there. Uh, we, we, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Sorry. So, all right. Thank you for your well, service, hey, Mark. Appreciate your time, Phil. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mark. And we answered no questions for him there. What? We didn't answer his question. Well, we couldn't answer his question. We couldn't answer the question. If you're self-employed and you're actually doing work, you can't just willy-nilly change it. Right. I mean, <laughs> you're, but I there mean, is you, some latitude. You, could. you you. Well, because then it's, it's like what value is – it's not necessarily based on hours, right? That's you right. Those, it's, it's, it could be very subjective. That's right. But you can't just make stuff up and file your taxes with made-up information. That, that's why I said Otherwise you need to talk to your accountant. That would be considered tax fraud, and tax fraud is frowned upon. Is that really <laughs> <Just>, <laughs> Listen, fraud, right, as we have learned anything about Theranos, Theranos uh, – Yes, what? Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes, fraud is frowned upon by the her, that book. Blad, uh, Bad, Bad blood, blood was great. Oh, actually, and I watched a, a documentary on it too. But it was a great book. It, was, it really was. It's crazy. It was. It was. Um, yeah, because the first just came out this week. Guilty. Yeah. What I found interesting is some of the articles. Um, it's this. It's the brass Silicon value Silicon value attitude. Fake it till you make it attitude. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's one thing about have an optimism and presenting to, to investors your hopes for what might happen and your beliefs, why this will come to fruition. It's another thing entirely to fraudulent. I mean, yeah, to make so things up blatant. Yes. But that some caught and some didn't, but then again, Bernie Madoff ran his scam for years and years and years and some caught it. Some didn't. Right. But 
As an investor, remember, cynicism is not a bad thing. You should be cynical of every investment that ever comes to you, especially, especially if it is not liquid, if it doesn't trade. Yes, but, but even I would agree with you, Ben. Right. If it doesn't trade, if you don't know what the exit is. We got just a couple minutes. And I had mentioned earlier that oh, um, you're going to talk about your daughter's yes. stock trading. <clears throat> My daughter's 26 years old. She's got a master's in sports psychology. She doesn't care much at all about um, money is what she tells me anyway. So I, I've tried over the years. Have, she's looking at me like I'm an idiot. Like, doesn't anyone have a conversation with me about learning about investing when she was a kid and all that? So I'm driving, and I'm having a conversation. Oh, she says, oh, yeah, Dad, I bought, I, I bought some stocks. <laughs> Just out of the blue. Yeah. I said, you bought some socks? Socks? <laughs> I said, no, I bought stocks. Like, <laughs> Isn't that funny? I thought you went to the Gap and bought socks. I'm thinking... <laughs> No, Dad, I bought stocks, ST. I'm like, you're joking. <laughs> you ran the car off the road and hit a tree. I'm like, what do you mean you bought stocks? Yeah, I bought some stocks. Should I open it? I'm like, what do you mean? I opened an account at Robinhood, and I put a couple hundred dollars in there, and I bought some stocks. And I said, you do know this is what your dad does for a living, right? Like, we, right. You had no conversation with me whatsoever. And what did she say there? I know. She's like, she bought, uh, she bought some Tesla and I don't know really what she, she bought a little uh, crypto of some sort or something. Something that was. Whatever. It's like, what do you, like, she would have a conversation. I'm like, I'm not going to have a conversation with you about it. like this. If at some point in time you want to have to talk about general financial planning and investments, fine. But, but like, no, not Tesla stock. No, I'm not going to sit and talk to you. So you can listen to our program, All Worth uh, yeah, she Money ever? Matters. No. <laughs> I just thought it was ironic. And I said, you know, Jess, ever since you were little, you didn't take your parents' advice well, and you had to learn the hard way. That's You've done that her entire life. She's been that way. And again. And I said, that's, I think it's great. 200 bucks. How bad can it be? Yes. It's only be $200 bad. That's right. So it doesn't really matter. Anyway, we're out of time. It's been great having everyone with us. Uh, if you haven't been to our website, allworthfinancial.com, I'd encourage you to go there because a lot of good information there, good, good articles, good videos, uh, plethora of stuff. So. Anyway, hey, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time. This has been All Worth Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by All Worth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.